Hello and welcome to Just Fucking Win, the review and preview show on Saturday at 3. My name's Andrew, here to talk about Rangers' 3-1 victory over Hearts in the Scottish League Cup semi-final. To join me to talk about this um, fairly comfortable game in the end is uh, one of my favourite favourite podders, Tom. How you doing, bud? I'm not too bad, thank you. You know what, I've always enjoyed K-pop. That band, Stacey, <laughs> my favourites. <laughs> big fan man big fan uh, as anyone who has listened to one of these pods will know i think pretty universally saturday at three have always come out in favor of um k-pop k-pop in general but particularly stacy um who are obviously one of our very favorite k-pop bands so um yeah it's always good to see them getting a little tour of ibrox as well obviously um I want to talk about that a little bit more in detail because uh we we obviously want to focus on some of the on-field stuff but um yeah it's pretty pretty Weird. <laughs> Just as a thing that's happened. Um, we, had, we, had a, we had a game on Sunday, I forgot about that. We did indeed, yeah, and it was a pretty good one, given the some of our recent performances at Hamden. But um, yeah, this um, this was one that I was coming into, I think, relatively confident, actually. Um, obviously, Big Phil has steadied the ship massively and is getting a tune out of a lot of players who we thought were completely done. But still, it, it's, it's a good change from, you know, under... Well, hell, if if we were going into this game under Mick Beal, uh, given the way that the rest of the season has panned out so far, I would not be feeling confident at all. But with Big Phil in charge, I felt quite calm and relaxed. And I knew that Hearts would obviously be up for it as well, given the um, their other result that they had against us recently. Uh, losing a game in the last, you know, nine minutes of a 90-minute game, can't exa- of a 99-minute game, can't exactly be uh, fun for them. So I knew they would be up for it, but um, I wasn't that worried. Um, maybe it's just something to do with how Hearts in general have been setting up, but I don't know. I came into this one feeling pretty confident, Tom. How about you? Do you know who's the man who's normally Mr. Positivity on here? I came into it a little bit worried. I mean, you know, we'd, we'd won in, you know, say the, the, the 99th minute against them last, or I think the 93rd minute, we came into it, but I kind of thought we won the league, maybe our luck might run out here, but clearly, clearly it didn't, so yeah, we, we we played well, and I believe, you know, not wanting to put a time stop on it, I think that was Stephen Naismith's last game as Hearts manager, am I right, he's been sacked tonight? Uh, not quite yet. Um, I don't necessarily think it's too far away. Although, you know, a Twitter account said that said, that's called I Am Hearts um, tweeted out that he'd been fired. Now, now, as far as I'm aware, it's not actually Hearts' real account, but then it is Twitter these days. So who can tell, really? Um, it's yeah. close enough. <laughs> exactly. I, I think, to be honest, um, it, it's... Is that thing, right? We we've recently gone through this ourselves. In fact, when the uh, when the mood music changes around the manager like that, I think you only ever see one outcome. And to be honest, I think that's a pretty harsh thing on Naismith. You know, it, it's not the result against us that he should be getting fired for. It's all the rest of the shit that he's served out to the Hearts fans uh, this season so far. Can, can I just say fuck him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Couldn't happen to a nicer bloke. I think obviously the events of 2012. You know, I think we're we're past what a lot of players, staff came out and said uh, in the in those kind of dark times. But um, there are, there are always going to be two for me who, uh, yeah, they're they're, they're going to have to go a long long way to uh, to redeem themselves, and they have not done it yet. So fuck them both. <laughs> Definitely. So we uh, we came into this one 
I think pretty full of confidence. You know, the 5 0 result over Dundee, obviously um, keeping spirits high. And um, yeah, we've uh, we've come into this with, I think, what's starting to look like a fairly settled team now. Uh, Jack Butler and goals, Tav Golton, Leon Balligan, and Bona Barisic at left back. Then we had uh, Jack and Lundstrom as the sitters, Cantwell. Lammers and Seema as the attacking mids and Danilo up top. Um, in terms of that team, Tom, not a lot wrong with that. I think, again, we can maybe quibble about the inclusion of both Lammers and Cantwell. I still don't really think they play well together. Uh, they have a tendency to get into each other's kind of areas of play. But overall, I mean, no real issues with that team. How about you? No, I mean, the only one I've kind of raised a slight, a slight eyebrow was Bona, Bona at left back, but I can understand the thinking, especially with um, you know, Red Van losing losing his marker the week before, so I can kind of see what he went for height. So yeah, but and as you said, Lammers and Campbell, I the more I see them, I don't think they can play together. So I think he's going to have to make a, a decision at some point as to who he starts because he he can't keep playing both of them. I mean, you know, foreshadowing here, but, you know, maybe he doesn't go with either of them. Maybe he goes with a third secret option instead, Tom. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, sure we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to the, uh, the, what, the Mount Florida Messi at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we will indeed, but let's uh, let's take this in order at least. Um, first half, not a lot to speak about, obviously. Uh, it was nil-nil going back in afterwards, but there are a couple of opportunities. Uh, Campbell and Seema both getting headers in. Clark makes a save for both of them. Cantwell has, I think, a fairly good effort, uh, probably his best uh, of the season yet. Um, has his shot going towards Clark. It's going down to the left-hand post. Clark does quite well to save this one. I think it's the most uh, active I saw him at any of the goal attempts that we had uh, this entire game. And um, I think especially after the Hibs game, where we saw them throw what looked like everything, only for them to come up and lose it. And that coupled with, you know, maybe that sense of unease that comes in when you look like you're doing quite well in the first half, but you don't manage to score. That that combined to make us a little bit nervous, I think, over half time, Tom. I wouldn't even th- I don't think I was nervous. I mean normally, you know, that the, the team, the way they were playing pre you know, before uh, Clement come in, it was right, we're gonna play, you know, play a team, batter them, play them off the pitch. We'll get we'll get a goal, relax. And if we don't get a goal, then we'll start panicking a little bit. I've not seen that, you know, albeit in a very in the short period of time since Clement come in. So I wasn't hitting the panic button just just at the at the half time. I was kind of looking and going, right, we played well, it's going to come, and yeah. that's that, that's kind of just, I thought it's it's going to happen. I wasn't I wasn't hitting the panic button just yet. I think that's the thing, right? We um we and I think for me it was more historically when we've had a good half, we then tend to not have a particularly great second half, or vice versa, right? You know, we we've seen us have bad first halves and then you know come out and have us absolutely storm of a second half. So I don't know. It's that it's probably a more historical thing rather than anything based on what this manager has been doing because so far he's been putting together actual 90 minute performances uh which is you know unprecedented under the previous manager interestingly at half time as well catwell gets the hook um and is replaced by scott wright there are a number of reasons that were given for this i think you know he's still getting up to fitness um you know potentially it's just a tactical switch scott wright's more direct will run at them more but also, one of the things that the manager did cite was the fact that in the first half, Campwell had picked up a yellow card for 
what's on the face of it, a kind of a, a needless challenge. I mean, you could say that it's a harsh booking, but ultimately it's in a nothing area of the pitch to be picking up a booking in. And you could you could see that Campwell, I mean, it's the safest bet in Scottish football, right, Tom? Get a yellow card for Campwell. But to um, you, you could see that that was going to be an area that Hearts could exploit in the second half. So, hell, a bit of bold tactical managerial thinking for the, uh, for the swap. Uh, what did you make of it? Well, the bold managerial thinking, I'm, I'm still a little bit in shock to see that nowadays. But <laughs> It's a weird thing to see yeah. at Rangers, I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm no I'm no football manager, but had I been Stephen Naismith, I mean, I've kind of got a similar hairline, but that's kind of where it, where it begins and ends. <laughs> I'd have told my players at, at halftime to score and just, you know, kick Campbell, get, you know, nip him, do whatever I can, all the dark arts to get a reaction. So we've done the, you know, um, Clement done the right thing in, in taking him off. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You know, leaving aside anything else, he was on a yellow card. Mm-hmm. I genuinely believe had he stayed on the pitch, it would have turned into red probably in fairly short order. So yeah, right decision taking him off. Yeah, no, I'm inclined to agree, mate. I think um, it, it was just an obvious weakness, and a manager identifying obvious weaknesses and then actually addressing them rather than what just waiting to an arbitrary time in the game. Wonders may never cease, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did not have long to wait either uh, for us to get going in the second half. Five minutes in, Danilo's making an excellent run into their box and is completely wiped out by um, by Xander Clark. Now, obviously, uh, I don't it's know. Rangers. Can we say that? <laughs> it's Rangers. Can, can, we, get, so can obviously... we get Stonewallers? I don't think we can. <laughs> well, exactly. That's my point, Tom. Obviously, it's Rangers and we got a penalty, so clearly there's a conspiracy at work. Um, not for this one. We'll come on to the uh, fallout from the second goal, obviously. But I think for this one, I mean, and we do say this, obviously, with the bias that we're a Rangers podcast, but I don't think as a keeper, you're allowed to actually full body tackle an opposition player and not even touch the ball and get away with it. I think, I think, and I'm not totally up on the rules of the game, but I pretty sure that's a foul um, but apparently amongst some of the other members of the Scottish footballing community there's a bit of ambiguity about that I think was, for me <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, Danilo obviously does what he can to to ensure that it, it is a penalty you know manages to take the ball away ensures that Clark is only ever making contact with him and not anywhere near the ball but honestly it is it's as nailed on a penalty as I think I've ever seen um, recently. It's it's a clear penalty. So obviously there's a big controversy about it, but you know we'll we'll have other things that we can get controversial about later on as well. So um, that'd be exciting. And fairness to Tav, I mean he obviously had that kind of redemption arc just in our previous Hearts game, right? But no doubts about this one. Hammers this ball home. Clark doesn't even move, which obviously again part of that. A grand old conspiracy there, Tom. Uh, Rangers are 1-0 up, and, and we're looking pretty good value for it. So, um, feeling good at this point, mate? Yeah, I mean, Tav, I mean, people want to listen back. I've not hidden my criticism of Tav this season and, and the previous season, to be honest. But one thing I will never say about the guy, he doesn't hide. He takes his penalties, he takes his chances. You know, he, he missed one against Haas, but, you know, I'll never, ever accuse him of hiding. So, yeah, 1-0 up. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're cruising now, I'm happy. We're in a good place. I, I think that's that can be the thing, right? If you're the captain, you're the face of the team. You, you can come in for a lot of criticism 
even if you yourself are not playing particularly badly. I think the issue that Tav has is that, in general, he has had to take a lot of the load on his own shoulders. He's been surrounded by players who, let's say, have not always been pulling their own weight, and he's had to shoulder a lot of that burden himself. What we, I think, are seeing now is Tav where he is not forced to be the entire thing that our team goes through. You know, he's allowed to just be a part of the team, and he thrives in that because we saw him setting stuff up. We saw him making things happen. He was even doing good defensive work, which is, you know, still a rarity for for Tav himself. But, uh, you know, it was really good to see. Um, And I think it's the kind of thing, I I think there is still going to be a conversation to have about how effective he can continue to be at right back, especially when so much of our kind of style of play relies on our fullbacks bombing up and down. And it's the same with Borner as well on the other side. You know, neither of them are getting any younger. And inevitably, as you get older, you are going to lose a bit of that pace. So it's going to be interesting. But certainly seeing him in this team with um, with, a, with a kind of motivated squad of players around him, he's looking good. Um, and it wouldn't be the last thing we'd see out of him this half of football either. Uh, we did not have to wait long at all either for our second goal and probably came from a more unlikely source, let's say, Tom. Um, <laughs> Scott Wright um, takes up a pass from Danilo and he's still about 25 yards out, leathers this ball and just places it perfectly into the opposite side of the keeper. Um, hand on Scott Wright. I mean, it just hits different, doesn't it, mate? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it is with him. You know, to think, what, what, several months, what, three, four months ago, he was on his way out, he'd had his interview, but, you know, he was talking about range in the past tense. As far as I know, we'd sold him to two different Turkish clubs at some point, Tom. Then, yeah, so. I, mean, I don't know if he knew about both of these, but that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> by the But yeah, I mean, it's, it, it gets to Hamden, it's like he wakes up, he's a different player. So as, you know, as, as you know, I mentioned in passing the start, you know, the uh, the, the Mount Florida Messi, if we're at Hamden, <laughs> give him a go, or if we can play all our games at Hamden, let's, let's see what happens. Absolutely. And I mean, me and uh, me and Dave talked about uh, right a little bit, you know, a, a few pods ago when he was um, he was at least one of the players who was showing up. You know, we weren't expecting him to be a world beater, but he is a player who you can give instructions to. He will go on and he will do those. And managers love players like that. They love players that you can just say, you get on, run at defenders, scare the shit out of them, have a pop at goal if you get the opportunity. That's it. Some players thrive under that. You know, they, they like the directness. They like just being given a job to do and being told to get on with it. And for a manager, they love a player who will who will not kind of question the tactics or, or look into it. They'll just go, OK, you've told me to do this. I'll do this. And then they do it. Um, I mean, Scott Wright probably isn't ever going to be a starter or at least a regular starter for Rangers. I don't know if he necessarily has that talent. But if he can be an impact sub that does that kind of damage every single time he's coming off the bench, then there will definitely be a place for him in this Rangers squad going forward. Uh, there, There is absolutely no doubts about that. Yeah, I mean, he has his limitations as, as a footballer. You know, that, that's plain to see. But I don't know, you know, and again, you know, let's stress it's early, but Clement has managed to spark something out of him. So long may, long may it continue. Absolutely. Um, Hearts did actually try and get back into this game at that point. I think Stephen Naismith finally realised that trying to defend a 2-0 loss probably isn't the best tactic. So they started getting themselves forward. Jack Butland, though, he's had fuck all to do for the entire game. 
earns his corn, makes a tremendous save off of Kingsley's shot. You know, that, that's that's what he's there for. Um, it's kind of part of the lineage of being a Rangers keeper. You might have nothing to do for 89 minutes, but in the 90th minute, we expect you to pull off a wonder save. It's fantastic to see Butland slotting in so well. And the fact that he's now got a song for him, uh, I think is is something he's responding very well to. So very good to see that, uh, him still keeping himself in form and uh, still doing the business for us as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fair to say he's settled in well, <laughs> to put it mildly. Um, well, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very impressed. As you said, he's... He's got massive shoes, you know, a, a big, big shirt, big gloves to fill as a goalkeeper, as a Rangers goalkeeper. We've been lucky to have some fantastic ones, through, you know, through the years. You know, but yeah, he's he's get, you know, he's get, he's not, he's not there yet. But by God, he's starting, you know, he's he's growing on, he's growing on everybody. I think we we've really looked in. I think you know, if we can mention the other pod, you know, in the words of another podcast, he's a a Premier League keeper in Scotland, and he looks. Uh, I, I think we're allowed to mention our pods, especially if they've guest starred on our one Tom. So I think that's <laughs> right. Um, you know, because obviously we're the big boys here. You know, it's just nice of them to, to decide to pop on for one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, again, Butland, as you said, Tom has started well. Uh, I think the fact that he's now in a team that is not forcing him to do all the work defensively as well. Uh, that's probably a good thing. And uh, we were not done either. I think with only a two-goal lead, you you know that that's a potential, you know, vulnerability. But um, we um, we get a free kick about nine minutes later, just outside the box. And for me, I think that's too close. Tab's going to go for it, but he'll probably balloon this over. There's no way he's getting this one in. But Tav has this in his locker, and he fires in just an absolutely perfect um, free kick. Top right-hand corner, Xander Clark looks even more still than he did for the penalty. And, um, I mean, kind of words fail me at that one, Tom, really. It's um, it's a fantastic effort, and what a goal. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that cliche, you know, I think you hear it on FIFA sometimes, two keepers wouldn't have, two keepers wouldn't have saved either, you know, wouldn't have kept mm. that out. I mean, I'm going to give Xander Clark a little bit of leeway because Borna was, you know, Borna was through over it as well. So he had two, mm. you know, we had, we had two players who were both more than capable of striking a, de- you know, a free kick. But to have clearly, in a, you know, coming onto a bit, you know, coming onto a bit of a vein of confidence, had a dig and yeah, got got the result. So yeah. Happy, you know, happy days, and yeah, as you said, I didn't see it coming. I looked at it, you know, I seen him line up, and like, what the fuck are you doing? I think you know, that's the thing, right? That that's why I don't really have too much criticism of Clark either, because you're not expecting a player to pull that one out. It, it's just a ridiculous effort. The fact that it goes in is insane to me, but it's obviously not, you know, an accidental strike. There, it's it's very much deliberate, but caps off, just a really good performance for Tab then. Yeah, I mean, I say we're seeing him. He's coming up, you know. His, his confidence is up. So yeah, long may it continue. Keep going, son. No, for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, at this point, eighty-one minutes. The game is pretty well done. Um, but Hearts do finally get themselves another opportunity. Uh, one of their players goes down the box. It looks a little bit like a dive. I think there's a bit of ambiguity either way. 
initially he's booked um, for simulation, gets a second yellow and is being sent off. But VAR review this, find out that there was contact, however slight, and rescind the red cards, uh, and it's a penalty to Hearts. Now, I saw a lot of complaining about this, again, from certain spheres of the um, football and Twitter world, that, um, you know, this is some sign of a conspiracy. And I'm, I think this is the same way that Celtic give them a victim of a conspiracy, in that they uh, apparently are really hard done by, but then still get the right result and, uh, in fact, get an advantage from it as well. Uh, it's just a bizarre kind of victim mentality that I've seen kind of developing there. Well, not developing. It's always been there. But, yeah, uh, Hearts get the penalty. Shankland does what Shankland does and, and puts it away fairly comfortably. But, yeah, I mean, it's a penalty. I don't think there's a lot of debate to be had about it. It's maybe slight contact, but there is contact. And I think if you uh, look at anything in slow motion long enough, it can it can look more and more damning. So I didn't have too many complaints about it. It helped, obviously, that we were 3-0 three up or 3-1 up after they scored it. And uh, I wasn't overly worried that they'd managed to get another two in the last kind of six minutes. Um, but But still, I wasn't that worried about it. And uh, Rangers saw that game fairly comfortably, mate. Yeah, I mean, on the, on the you know the penalty. My my rule of thumb and only word to is you know if it was the if it was for us, would I be annoyed if it wasn't given? Mm-hmm. And looking at that, yes, I would. So yeah. I, you know I, I can't be hypocritical and say that wasn't a penalty. It was one hundred percent a penalty. The ref originally called you know called it wrong. Mm-hmm. VAR did its job. Apparently that's still wrong because. Oh well, the referee should just be perfect. (laughs) Well, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, a a team that were playing in blue got the uh, the incorrect decision briefly before it got overturned, and that's that's therefore bad. Well, and the and the fact is, Tom, as well, after our second goal, the fourth official smiled briefly. So that means that there's a conspiracy that heart of Scottish football going. Who knows how high up? So um, yeah. Obviously, they're all at it. They're all on the take. And that's why Rangers have just uh, blitzed every single trophy for the past decade. Um, yeah, I mean, it's shocking. Yeah, I mean, I mean wh- why we've not heard from the First Minister yet or anybody else about that, you know, that, that, that <laughs> grin, that, that smile, the whatever you want to call it from the fourth official, you know, that, that was awful. From and, hearing, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think from seeing some of the rhetoric online, Tom, I, I would have thought that the guy was belly laughing and uh, had his hands on his hips and, you know, couldn't control himself. And then we get the sinister, slowed down, evil footage of the um, sec- uh, the fourth official slowly walking up behind Phil Clement and maybe having a little smile, just seeming happy in his work because you're yeah, surrounded man. by a stadium of, let, let's call it 38,000 fans all cheering happily and then 12,000 miserable ones. Um, I, I think yeah, I'm just glad they missed the Masonic handshake that, that apparently we've done as well. But. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> I've got, they have no idea how high this one goes, mate. <laughs> you know, if they want to start sorting this conspiracy out so we can actually start doing something, please, please I'd, start. I'd, honestly, I'd, love, I'd love a conspiracy that was in our favour. It'd be so nice. Um, we don't have one, but, you know, it'd be nice. Um, so, yeah, Rangers uh, tie that one up quite nicely. Phil was in pains to point out, you know, doesn't matter if it's semi-final or a final. It doesn't matter unless you win it. And I think that's a really good, healthy attitude to have. Especially, you know, for, for a manager. It, it can be quite easy to get caught up in your own hype and believe that you've, you're have you the master of the universe, you've figured this all out. At least openly, publicly, 
Big Phil's staying all the right stuff, which is it does not count unless you pick up the big shiny thing at the end of it. And that's the healthy attitude to have. Nothing's won yet. We've still got a cup final against Aberdeen, who unfortunately have got a better recent record than this than we do. They won this trophy back in 2014. So the last time we picked it up was 2011. I'm very keen for us to pick that up because still my abiding memory of the last time we won this was watching this the final in a, in a pub with my old man. So I'd quite like to have a, a happier, more recent memory of, uh, of the thing than... Um, than that uh, it's been Sorry, far are, you, too are, you, are you saying being in the pub with your dad's not a good thing well here, here's the thing right tom That's awful. I'll, I'll put some context on this one <laughs> i was in a pub called scruffy murphy's and uh, we were not alone and we were not the only football fans in there either and um at a certain point there was a lively debate that broke out over what the word and i'm quoting here fenian meant um and then my old man decided to intervene to try and calm things down you know smooth things over you've met my dad tom you know he's a he's a <laughs> diplomat, right anyway uh my dad asked the guy where he was from and uh he said Derry, and then my dad said don't you mean london Derry?" and you know the, the kind of the quality of dialogue didn't really improve from there in terms of calming <laughs> things down so fun and good as that was, I would like a more recent memory of uh, the Scottish League Cup uh, that doesn't involve, you know, me nearly getting my head kicked in. <laughs> and, and, and you know the, the good thing that's really going to benefit us? You know, have a listen to the the Aberdeen manager. I mean, they're, they're away. I mean, they're playing in Europe on the Thursday before it. I don't know if you realised. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're away at Frankfurt. So clearly they're, you know, they're really going to struggle. Yeah. Welcome to the big league, boys. Well, in fact, the the difference is we're away from home. They're at home. So they've got to travel. They were at Frankfurt. No, no, no. They've got to travel down from Aberdeen to to Hamden for the the game. We've got to fly back from um, uh, Real Betis. Um, So, you know, I think we've got a little bit more traveling and uh, probably a little bit more strain on us uh, in terms of uh, load on our players. But hey, it's Aberdeen. It's always a rough place to get in and out of. So yeah, I'm sure it's I'll be take tough another sure. replay. I'll take a replay of what happened the last time we were away in Seville. And quite, <laughs> but without the extra time because I don't think my heart will take it. No, quite, quite. Um, so yeah, obviously Rangers win that. We uh, we. You know, continue our own Europa League campaign there as well, as we alluded to. Uh, but we're back at home for this one, at least. And um, yeah, I think when we talked about the previous tie, we, we kind of described it as not necessarily a must win, but a must not lose. And, and we did the, did the job there. We, we managed to pick up the point. I think, though, when it's Rangers, it's at home, it's Europa League night. We've got to be expecting the win here, Tom, right? Yeah, well, not, you know, it's... There's something about Europa League and, you know, Rangers Thursdays. We, we, <laughs> we, yeah, I probably fucking jinxed it now, so sorry, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, in, in, you know, in, in Phil we trust. He's Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, having, you know, mentioned, the you know, the previous managerial candidate. But, yeah, I'm, I'm well behind this guy now. He's, he's talking about game. He's, he's managed to get some of those players who were very critical previously to actually start firing. So, yeah, just, mm-hmm. yeah, it, as I said, in Phil, we just got to keep, get behind the guy. And uh, I think we'll, I think we'll do all right Thursday. For sure. For sure. I think, you know, we, we can't be in a position to predict or not what's going to happen. But the fact is that underneath this manager, 
We look like we have a plan. The players seem to be enjoying themselves a lot better. They are performing a lot better. So it's all good signs coming into this one. So uh, so let's hope our good run of form continues. Now, Tom, we've obviously we've not dwelled on the uh, the big news too much. You know, the the, the most important thing that happened, uh, I think, this week for Rangers thus far. And this this relates to an older news story, which I'm not entirely sure we actually talked about on the pod. So for anyone just catching up, Korean pop group Stacey uh, were on tour in America. They uh, they were playing in Texas. Their manager gets told, go out and find us some Texas Rangers shirts uh, so the girls can wear them uh, for their performance. Now, I think he only picked up the word Rangers and somehow in Texas managed to find a couple of really classic, um, I think it's probably nine in a row era kind of uh, Rangers shirts. Uh, not Texas Rangers, Glasgow Rangers, um, had the girls dress up in those. Now, obviously, big fun, big laugh. But then, obviously, Jimmy Bisgrove has been uh, doing his work in the background because he never spies a money-making opportunity and lets it go past. And uh, invited these guys to come to Ibrooks, not only to, you know, show themselves off at Edmondson House, but also to pick up some shirts, get a tour of... Uh, of Ibrox and also pose with Pro- Proxy Bear. So, I mean, uh, it's, it, if I needed more examples of the fact that we are probably living in some kind of odd simulation rather than the real world, I, I mean, this is a perfect one right here, Tom, right? I mean, I seen it last night. So it was what? St. Phoenix, John, Bra- <laughs> John Brown, Proxy Bear, and K pop. I mean, that's a collaboration. I never, I could never fucking dream of. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, fair play, bit, you know, to James Bisgrove, who, who ever realised the the gold, the marketing gold that we could have got from bringing these guys over. So I think they're, I think they're on a, U, a UK tour anyway. So yeah, fantastic. And well, no, that, that, my understanding is they're not even doing a tour of the UK. They're, they're meant to be flying over to Europe, so they're not even performing in the country. They've literally just come here for this, which is oh, okay. wild to me. <laughs> um, I, I think that they might be performing down in London. Certainly not in Glasgow, though. Uh, so the okay, fact are we, that we're we going, to... <laughs> yeah, why not, Tom? Fuck it. They're, they're, you know, they've got good taste in football teams, so why not? Um, <laughs> it, it's absolutely bizarre. And, I mean, i, I got to feel bad for Scott Wright, though, because on probably one of his best weeks as a Rangers player, he's been overshadowed because some Korean pop group have nicked his number and got their uh, name print on the back of it. So <laughs> maybe we thought we had a lot of number 23 shirts spare, and that's why we had them ready to give out. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see one. Well, we probably won't, but I'd love to see it. You know, if we if we get any increase, if, you know, from from Korea as to how many <laughs> extra fans or shirt, even shirts we sell. I mean, they're probably, you know, I can't see them lining up to see how we get on 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 you know on on Thursday and Sunday. But if we can sell a few more shirts over there, so much the better. Absolutely, man. Uh, it's Bisgrove, so it's an opportunity to make some money. So of course he will be all over it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, yeah, absolutely wild, um, but obviously good. I mean, good publicity in Rangers that doesn't always happen. So um, so very nice to see. Uh, I, I'm sure it's fucking very surreal for these guys as well. Um, you know, I, I imagine your typical K-pop fan does not probably look quite like the typical Rangers fan. That's probably a stereotype, Tom, but basing that on most of the members of this podcast, 
I don't think anyone um, in our in our little podding community is someone I'd flag up as a big fan of K-pop. Maybe Eddie, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd, I'd never bloody heard of them. Not going to, you know, can't, can't pretend otherwise. <laughs> but yeah, hey. I, you know, I'm, I'm just I just start googled it now. Yeah, there is no European tour leg. They went LA. The next one's Taipei in January. So they clearly just stopped off, and we've we've managed to get them in. So yeah, fair play. Absolutely. All right. So uh, obviously, with all the big news dealt with there, Tom. Only a couple of bit more bits of housekeeping for us. Obviously, we will um, we'll have all our reaction to the tie against Sparta Prague back at Ibrooks. Uh, you can expect that to be coming out Saturday morning. Uh, we'll record that Friday. Um, until then, we are still being sponsored inexplicably by Pi Sports. I strongly recommend you go and check out their products. Um, both myself and Tom have sampled them personally. Highly valued. I think, Tom, the only issue that you've had was that your courier decided to sit on them at some point. But apart from that, I think the pies were still good quality. Oh, they were great. Yeah, very tasty. Um, <laughs> I mean, one of my particular favourites so far. I'm still like, chewing, chewing my way through them. The uh, the kebab and chilli sauce one was quite, was very, very nice. So, yeah, See, that's that's one I've still not had, had uh, the pleasure of sampling yet. Um, the macaroni and cheese ones are still a firm favourite here, especially for my Mrs. Sarah, who's American. So it's it's a bizarre mix-up of uh, two of the cultures uh, that she uh, is now a part of. So uh, she was very excited about that. Um, so, yeah, if, uh, if any of you lovely listeners want to... Uh, Take a little sample, get a little treat. You can use our code SAT at three. That's SAT at symbol and then the number three. Uh, and uh, and yeah, treat yourself to some pies. We also want to hear your pies of the week as well. Uh, so we get some submissions from you guys for who's been the particular biggest idiot in Scottish football. Uh, we, we've not had any nominations coming through. So, uh, you know, there are free pies up for grabs for pretty much whoever wants to throw their name into the ring here. So we encourage you to do that. Uh, the only reason they are still there and that they haven't gone is because we unfortunately did agree with Pi Sports that we wouldn't take them ourselves. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, a little bit, a bit unfortunate and short-sighted on our part. But if you guys want to be in with a chance of winning some free pies from Pi Sports, get your submissions in either using the email address that's in the description, contact at saturday3.co.uk, or by replying to any of our tweets uh, or reaching out to us on Twitter. Give us your Pie of the Week nominations, and, uh, yeah, you're in for a chance of winning some free pies. Yeah, we're on Facebook as well. Don't forget that. Keep, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't. Every, I wouldn't every, so, every social media platform, I think, I think you can imagine we're on them. I think, I think, yeah, we, we've managed to spread ourselves out pretty well. So we've got TikTok, we've got Threads, we've got Instagram, we've got YouTube. We are all over the place. Um, you can also listen to the podcast. I think pretty much everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Uh, we're on Spotify, Amazon Music, we're on Apple Podcasts. We are all over the shop, Tom. So, um, yeah, we encourage listeners, if you don't follow us at one of those, to please do so. Hell, if you want to follow us on extra places just for the thrill of it, uh, do that as well, because it uh, always helps our numbers grow, and that always helps the podcast continue to grow as well. Tom, um, again, mate, always a pleasure to chat, Rangers, with you, and especially in the recent weeks where we've been winning, and winning well as well, with uh, with good, exciting, and entertaining football. It's always a pleasure, mate, so thank you very much for coming on, man. It's Always a pleasure. I mean, as you said, the, the, the positivity of our range at the moment is fantastic. So, 
it's even better to talk. I mean, it, it's never a bad thing to talk about us, even when we're doing not particularly well. It's you know, <clears> it's great that it's great when we when we're being successful. So long may it continue. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, uh, a thank you to the listeners as well. Uh, for anyone who didn't catch it, last uh, episode that we put out was our 100th episode. That did include the trailer that we did for the podcast as well. Because this is probably our actual 100th episode here, Tom. So um, thanks very much for being on it. And uh, thank you to all the listeners for checking us out and continuing to listen as well. We do it for you guys. You keep listening. We'll keep doing the podcasts. So uh, thank you very much. Until we talk to you again then, uh, bye for now, and we'll talk to you after the Sparta Prague game. Bye for now.